Eight pastors going to be reading from the Amplified Bible today. To all my Bible-believing friends, amen, bless you. I love seeing the Bibles here in our sanctuary and hearing the pages turning. And I encourage you to take notes and write this down. And I encourage all my friends watching, please take a few minutes to share this message, share this live feed with your family and with your friends. Every person on the planet has the power to choose to believe in God and to accept his son as savior. Please remember this, just because your parents or your grandparents or a friend or a neighbor took you to church when you were a child does not make you automatically saved. Say amen. Amen. It does not make you automatically saved. You have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Amen. If you want to be part of the family of God, there is no way to the Father. Help me out, church. But how? But through the Son. Every born-again believer has the ability to let your light shine for God. And I love saying this every week, and we see it every week. Are you an influencer for God? Amen. I want to be an agent for good. I want to be an influencer. I want to be an agent to inspire someone else to live for God. People are hurting, man. Every day. You talk to people. I know you do. People are hurting. And people are looking for someone, for something to help with the hurt. That person is Jesus. Jesus died to take your pain away. Jesus died to give you a better way to live. Say amen. I want to be an influencer for God. An influencer has the ability to affect the actions of others. I want to affect the way someone acts. Everybody in your world should not be depressed if you're an influencer for God because God is about light. Most of all, God is about life. And when we influence others for God, listen, you ought to be rubbing off on somebody because you know the old saying, either you're going to rub off on them or they're going to rub off on you. And I don't allow any depressed, stressed out, sad spirits to rub off. Jesus is our example to follow. If you want to know how to be an influencer, open up your Bible. Take time to read for yourself some of the beautiful things that Jesus taught us. The Bible gives us examples of what we, how we're supposed to live in order to walk in the light. And the question I want to ask everyone watching is did you take advantage of your opportunities last week? Did you let your light shine to show someone else there's a better way of doing this? When everyone else is upset, are you going to be the light in the room? When everybody else is angry, are you going to be the joy in the room? Say amen. We have to take advantage of our opportunities to be a blessing to others. And along with opportunities, take my glasses off, God gives us windows of opportunity. Hear me carefully. If God places someone on your heart today, please hear me. Don't wait until Friday to contact them. Because the blessing God had for them wasn't for Friday. Some of y'all missing it. It was for today. So if you want to influence someone, when God places someone on your heart, don't put it off saying, well, I'll wait for a better time. I'll wait till it's more convenient. Do it. Amen. Reflecting Jesus. That's what we're all called to do. We're called to reflect Jesus. And you can read throughout the Bible how Jesus strived every single day, I'm going to get into that in just a minute, for 33 years to be obedient to his Father. Mm, say amen. 
in order to reflect light, in order to be in a good place. You can't dress up your outside if your inside isn't correct. And how many of you, I was studying this lesson, and the Lord said this to me. It's amazing to me, and we need to stop, and you've never heard me say this. I was talking, where's Deacon Slaughter at? Giving honor to God, who's first and who is the head of my life. Stop telling that lie. If God was the first and the center of your life, there ought to be some fruit that he's first and center in your life. And the Bible tells us, listen to me carefully, that God is a jealous God. It's not very wise. I told you to have God 20th on your list. And we all have been there one time or another. Say amen. But listen, if he should be first, hold one finger up. That's where he should be. Everybody, can everybody agree with that according to God's word? Say amen. He should be first. But the issue is some people don't even have God in their top five. And you wonder why you're walking in darkness. You wonder why depression seems to follow you around. You wonder why trouble after trouble seem to follow you. Where's your priorities at? And God has to be first in all of our lives. Say amen. In order to let our light shine, we have to have things right according to God's word. And once things have been corrected on the inside, you can see the joy and the love on the outside. Letting your light shine, it's a mindset. It starts with your mind. It starts with your thoughts. I preached a whole series on your thoughts have power, your words have power. It starts with your thoughts. As a person thinks, so is he. It starts with your thoughts. When you get up in the morning, ask God, let my light shine that someone may see that you live in me, that someone may see that you care, that someone may see that you are God. Through the power of God, every Sunday, the word of God is going forth, and I hear all the time how lives are being changed. And I told you, change doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. Each week when you hear the word of God, each week when you read the word of God, don't you know what you read is being recorded in your subconscious? And when you need a word of encouragement, please hear me. When you need to hear from God, if you have put the word in you at all, at the appropriate time, the Holy Spirit will remind you of God's word. I, I don't have to be fearful because I know God is with me. Say amen, church. I don't have to live stressed out because I know God gives me balance. Say amen. It will take root when you read his word. And the more you fill up with spiritual knowledge, the more God elevates the way you think. And once the way you think is elevated, then the next part is what you say. Then after what you say is elevated, then how you act is elevated. In other words, we have a lot of room for growth. God doesn't want you to remain the same. God wants you to grow. I'm serious, church, to where people actually think something's wrong with you. God wants you to be so happy, somebody actually thinks, hey, are they loco? That's how God wants the body of Christ to live. The Bible says in the last days, that the church has to get strong, that God's not coming back. He's not sending his son back after a weak church. Put your hand on yourself, say, I am not weak. Because, say, I am the church. God's not coming back after a weak church. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that I'm filling up each week. I'm filling up each day with your word. And when you fill up with God's word, change takes place. The issues here in our text today is with the Pharisees and the Jewish people. 
they were in spiritual blindness because they refused to change. And I told you, man, the issue is with the Pharisees is that they were self-righteous men. They thought they knew it all. They thought that Jesus couldn't teach them anything, and they rejected his teachings. And I told you, by rejecting Jesus, you're actually rejecting God. That's a dangerous place to be. Now, some of you helped me out last Sunday. Some of you were kind of comical. Some of you were kind of serious. Blindfolds. How many of you were here last week? God does not want you living your life with a blindfold on. Because if you're blinded by sin, blinded by disobedience, blinded by stress, blinded by worry, blinded by the enemy, you can't see what God has in front of you. But do pastor a favor. Don't get too close to him. Tell your neighbor, take off your blindfold. I'm going somewhere. Check it out, church. Today, we're going to continue looking at three features. Please write this down. Last Sunday, I told you, verses 31 and 32 talked about the process of freedom. Get your Bibles ready. We're in chapter 8. Pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. Look at verse 32. Jesus is speaking here, and he makes a very profound statement. Look at verse 32. Jesus says, And you will know the truth, and the truth might Oh, I'm reading from a different Bible. Could. It's a possibility. It says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will, or it shall, set you free. Raise your hand and say, thank you, Lord. Uh-uh. Say it, say it, say it like you really mean. Thank you, Lord, that I... See, some of y'all should have been standing up for the devil's had you handcuffed and shackled for almost two years by debt, by worry, by stress, by anxiety. Stand up and say, thank you, Lord. I am free, free, free. Give God a shout in the house. I'm going somewhere. And some of you, let me throw this in there, talking about being free. Thank God that you're free from certain relationships. You don't need nobody hitting on you, beating on you. Somebody, he loved me. Somebody beating on you, that's not love. Oh, y'all quiet. Somebody taking all your money every week, that's not love. Oh, I didn't want to go there. There is a price for freedom, but there is also a process to freedom. Don't be blinded from the truth. Jesus wants to set you free. And here in our text, Jesus upset the Pharisees and he upset the Jewish people because he made this statement because they enjoyed living in bondage. Some people enjoy living in bondage. Some people enjoy, oh, my sickness, oh, my sorrow. Some people have depression city Every single day. Come on, man. Don't you got to get out of there sometime? Don't you ever get to take a mini vacation? <laughs> Jesus insisted in order to be set free, you have to have faith in him. And he wanted people to know you're not saved by your works. You're saved by faith in him. Thank you, Father, that I am free. And if you are truly a disciple of Jesus Christ, your experience should let you know I am free. <laughs> As the people called me, said, Pastor, I didn't realize you made the statement last week that Jesus had 12 disciples. Yes, he had 12, but he also had more than 12. And I'm going to remind you again today, put your hand on yourself, say, I am a disciple. If you are a follower of Christ, you are also a disciple. 
and disciples practice what Jesus has taught us. Say amen. God sent Jesus to set us free from the bondage of sin. Please hear me carefully. Your spirit, every person on the planet, your spirit is saved once you accept Christ as Savior. Your flesh is not saved. That's why your flesh tells people sometime on Sunday mornings, I'm not going to point at nobody, I'm too tired to come to church. You're not too tired to go to work Monday morning. Somebody say amen, y'all sure are quiet. I'm too tired to get up. I'm too tired for this. Your flesh is not saved. But we can't be controlled by our flesh. My flesh is not, and I talk about this all the time here at Emmanuel, this is not the real me. This is just a house that I live in. My spirit is connected to my heavenly father. I teach here at Emmanuel that the Bible says we are not to be led by our flesh, by our feelings, by our emotions. Sure, we have them because God gave them to us, but we are to be led, we are to be guided by our spirits. Our flesh is what sins. Our spirits don't sin. Our spirits are righteous in God's sight. Put your hand on yourself and say, I am righteous. Now see, we don't act it all the time, but our spirits are lined up with God. Somebody declare out into the atmosphere, I am righteous. And if you are righteous, that means God is pleased with you. Come on with me just for a few minutes. How many of you have children or grandchildren that you help raise? Don't you love them, most of them? No, I'm serious. Don't you love your grandkids? Somebody that you babysit or you watch? You love them, right? Do they ever mess up? Are they disobedient sometimes? Uh, I don't want to say it's kind of old school. Are they hard-headed sometimes? But let me ask you, if they were hungry, would you feed them? I'm going somewhere. If, they, if, if you saw they were raggedy, would you help put clothes on them? Even though we mess up, God still provides for us. He feeds us. He shelters us. He watches over us. God still loves us despite of how we act sometimes. Somebody clap your hands. Thank God for loving us. Thank God for being patient. Thank you, Lord, for being patient with me. Stop making all of your decisions, please write this down, based off the physical. If Christ has set you free, you do not have to remain in sin. You do not have to remain blind to what God has right in front of you. Jesus, being the Son of God, has set you free from the patterns of sin. Sin can become a pattern. If you go to the bank and you say, I'm going to rob the bank every Monday, that's a pattern. You're probably going to get caught sooner or later, but that's a pattern. And Jesus came to set us free from the pattern of sin. I told you, stop allowing the devil to trick you with the same thing over and over and over. The Bible teaches us that we are saved by faith. Lord, I want to break this pattern I've been on. Lord, I want to break this pattern I've been on. Cry out to him, Lord, I want to break this pattern. I don't want to live my life like this. I don't want to live my life in knots. I don't want to live my life in worry. I want to be free. Hallelujah. And freedom only comes from God. And the thing we have to ask ourselves every day we get up, and I have to say at church to all, everyone watching, you have to ask yourself, visualize yourself, take a self-examination of yourself and ask yourself, am I a baby Christian? Have I matured at all? Am I a, a, at least a teenage Christian? 
or am I a maturing Christian? Because when you have to debate whether or not you're going to pray, when you have to debate whether or not you're going to open up and read God's word, you're either a baby Christian or a teenage Christian. Because a maturing Christian knows that the Bible says we are to meditate upon God's word day and night. We're supposed to constantly be in the word. Just like you watch TV, you ought to be reading your Bible. Say amen, somebody. How has your faith grown recently? I don't have to look back two years ago before the pandemic. My faith is growing every day. Father, I trust you. Father, it doesn't matter what I see on the news, what I hear on TV. It doesn't matter the negative stuff I hear. Father, I trust you. That's what a maturing Christian does. That's what a faith walker does. The closer we get to God, the stronger we become at resisting sin. Because sin cannot operate. Wow, hear me now. Sin cannot take up residence. Sin cannot dwell where the spirit of the living God is at. Wow. Resist sin. Resist dark thoughts. Resist temptations that the devil may try to bring your way. And don't practice the pattern of sin. Sister Shelby, get my board for me. We're, we're live, but thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Everybody see this? See this box? Everybody see the box? Say amen if you can see it. If you don't have your blindfolds on yet. You can see this box. This box represents prison. Come here, Brother Robin. Yeah, you, you can help me. Keep your mask on. Step right in that box for me, Brother Robin. Now, a person, everybody give him a big hand. You don't know what he's getting ready to do. Look at him. A person in prison can receive a full pardon from the state. And they can actually tell the jail to release this man. But the person in jail will never be free if they never take the first step. The devil has successfully put so many believers in jail these past 19 months afraid to move, afraid to operate. So he has you in jail, and that's pretty bad, right? I told you this last week. Open it up, Brother Robbie. God wants you to be free. Everybody say free. God wants me to be free, free, free. But I'm going to show you what the devil has done, and I'm going to show you how we're going to get out of it. Put it on, Brother Robbie. So he's blind to what God has for him. So not only has the devil blinded some people, now he's free. Jesus has set you free. Yet you have allowed the devil to keep you in a box when God has set you free. If you're living in worry, you're living in the past, pastor, they hurt me. All of us have been hurt. But the Bible says, cast your cares. The Bible doesn't say carry them. It's a cast upon the Lord. But when we carry all this ourselves, we're putting ourselves further and further into bondage. But God wanted you to be set free, and that was the Pharisees' attitude. They thought they were free, but they were really living in bondage because they did not have Jesus. Hold your arms up. Brother Robbie, I hope and pray I can find the key. <laughs> if not, I'm sure the deacons will help you after church. He 
it's a big risk. I hope that's not too tight. There we go. Turn to the, just a little bit, let everybody see. Is that real? Try to shake them. You can probably break those. You're pretty strong. So he can't see, and we did this last week. And see, this is how the devil works. There are blessings not only in front of you, but sometimes, open your hand a little bit. That's probably 2,000. Sometimes when you're in bondage, you can't see what God has for you. And when you're in bondage, when you're not free, this is what the devil does to the body of Christ. Something breaks down. Had to get a new job. Just got a bad report from the doctor. This is the situation. Cars breaking down. Car repair. Uh, then you find out an une unexpected expense comes up. So the devil successfully robs you of the blessing. Yet, you are still in bondage. But why are you in bondage if God has set you free? There are no bars holding you in anywhere other than the bars of worry, stress, anxiety. I stay there because that's where people are at today. I hear people calling me all the time, Pastor, you don't know how stressed out I am. Listen, man, it's only one person that can help you with that stress. That is God. So I take aspirin for my headache. Listen, why not pray and take your aspirin? We are in bondage to the enemy, and that's what God doesn't want to happen to you. God doesn't want you blind to the truth. God doesn't want you handcuffed to your past. And some people can never step out of the box because they're too afraid. Well, you know, I tried this last year, and it didn't, didn't work, so I'm just going to stay here where it's safe. I'm just going to stay here where I'm comfortable. I'm going to stay here and be quiet, and maybe the devil won't bother me. If you're a child of God, the devil's going to bother you. Get ready for it. Jesus said, you will have trials and tribulations in this world, but be of good cheer. Just like Jesus overcame, we can overcome. And if God has set you free, then be free. Step out of the jail. You have more power than you think. Shake yourself loose. When you read God's word, when you study God's word, when you come to church, freedom, something on the inside begins to start bubbling. God wants me to live better. God doesn't want me worried. God doesn't want me stressed out where I can't be a blessing to someone else. Jesus wants you to be free. And if the Son has set you free, you are free Indeed, I'm not chained to my past. I'm not chained to those things that hurt me yesteryear. Oh, keep your mask on. I'm not chained to people who want to bring me down. I'm not chained to people who don't believe in the word of God. I have been set free. And when God has set you free, listen to me. You got to make a hard choice sometimes. To leave the past in the past. There's some people in your life, you're going to have to let them go because you can't get where God wants you to be with somebody constantly trying to drag you down. <laughs> Raise your hand and say, thank you, Lord, I'm free. <laughs> thank you, brother. This is not made for me. Here you go, brother Robbie. This is not made for me. That's for someone that doesn't know any better. You don't have to remain like that. God has so much more. 
if the doors have been opened. And once you accept Jesus as your Savior, the doors have been opened. You are not connected to who you used to be. And that's how the devil works. The devil has somebody remind you, remember what you used to do? All they're trying to do is put you back in jail. Trying to control you. I know what I'm saying. But you have to make your mind, I'm free. I'm not going to live my life like that anymore. If I'm going to be codependent on anybody, I'm going to be codependent upon my God. Look at verse 33. Verses 33 and 34 deals with the pretense of freedom. Look at what Jesus says here. This is the Savior of the world. And they answered Jesus. They said, we are Abraham's offspring. We are Abraham's descendants. And we have never been in bondage to anyone. So what do you mean, Jesus, by telling us you will be set free? Now, what a strange statement. Sister B, I was studying this lesson. Why would they say, hey, we're free, we're free? They were not really free. They were making a claim that wasn't true. Even though they were speaking to Jesus in that very moment when they were telling Jesus, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you saying this to us? We are free. Even during that very moment, they weren't free. They had Roman soldiers all around them. They had Roman occupation all around them, so they were not free. They were under Roman rule and Roman authority, so they were not. And even before that, they were captive in Babylon for years, so they had the power to remain in bondage, but God had set them free. And even though they had a sense of freedom, they were rejecting the one who could totally set them free. Look at me. It's not enough to be free out of the prison. Why do I want the handcuffs? I don't want the handcuffs. I don't want the blindfold. I want to be totally free to live for God. Somebody say, Lord, thank you that I'm free. They were claiming that their spirits were free. But the truth is, your spirit is not free until you accept Christ as your Savior. Please write this down. There is no freedom without Jesus Christ. There is no freedom without Jesus Christ. Look at verse 34. Jesus answers his critics once again. Jesus says, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, whoever commits, look at your Bible, whoever practices sin, he is the slave to sin. Come on, look at your Bible. Jesus says, whoever practices, some people get up every day practicing sinning. That means you are a slave Say amen, church folk, to sin. Don't practice sin. Don't be intentional in hurting someone, in sinning against someone. Somebody said, well, I didn't sin against nobody. You can sin with your mouth. You can sin with your actions. You can also sin with your inaction. That's what happened to the Good Samaritan. Inaction is also a sin. Here in thir verse 34, look at it closely. In verse 34, Jesus is not only talking about physical slavery, but the ultimate bondage is a spiritual bondage. There is a war going on. And this war that is taking place in the world today is not really a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle where the devil is raising his head up and we're seeing people, oh, I don't want to get in trouble, but I'll go there. We see people worshiping the devil like never before. 
We see all kind of sinful stuff everywhere we turn. Where are the people that God has set free? Why are the believers not speaking up saying, wait a minute, God has set us free. Don't take a step back into bondage. Sin forces you to rebel against God. Sin forces you to reject what God has to say. Sin makes you mad when the pastor says, repent. Who does he think he is to tell me to repent? First of all, baby, don't get it twisted. I didn't write the book. Say amen, somebody. Sin separates us from God. And you can't practice sin and expect to have the blessing of God upon your life. Let it shine. You can't let it shine if you're blindfolded. You can't let it shine if the devil has successfully shackled you and stopped your testimony. Church, we have a testimony. We're not what we used to be. We have a testimony. God is doing some things. We have a testimony. Has God ever blessed you in the presence of your enemies? You have a testimony. Has God ever healed your body? You have a... Do pass your favor. Point at somebody. Say, I have a testimony. Tell somebody else, I have a testimony. I know what God can do. Have you tried him for yourself? Jesus taught us over and over to be at peace with God. To be at peace with God. In order to be at peace with God, we must do things that are pleasing and acceptable in his sight. I told you, man, it's not a joke. There's nothing wrong with getting up every morning and saying, Lord, set a guide. Holy Spirit, set a watch over my mouth. I am not responsible for what someone says to me, but I am responsible for what I say. Thank you. This means many times we have to deny our flesh because, man, can we be real just for a minute? Can we be real? See, anybody, oh, I'm going to say it today. Anybody ever been pissed off? I didn't say mad, I said pissed off. But there is a difference. Some of y'all, oh no, pastor, not me. <laughs> I'm saved, it just rolls off my shoulder. Well, baby, you ain't lived long enough. Thank you, Deacon. Because <laughs> there are some people who try to piss you off. But you're a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor. And a father. And a husband. And a man. But thank God, I don't have to give them power to put me. When God has set you free, don't allow the devil who works through people to push your buttons. I told you, stand up, Brother Robbie. When a person's acting ugly, point at me, Brother Robbie, it's not that person. Oh, I'm going to say it today. It's that demon that's speaking to that person, making them act ugly. And when you can recognize the devil and his demons, you can tell him, get behind me, Satan. I don't have time. Not today. Not today. Not today. Jesus taught us over and over. He wants us to be at peace with our creator. And one way to be at peace with our creator is to be obedient. Why do, why do people have an issue with obedience? I understand wanting to rebel. I understand. You know what? That's what a teenager does. A teenager wants to rebel and push their limits against the parents. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You tell your kids, be off the phone at 9 o'clock, and you go in the room, it's 9.15, they're still on the phone. That's called rebelling. You ever told your kids, make sure you get your room clean. I'm going to check it out. And they pushed all the clothes under the bed. That's not cleaning your room. That's called rebelling. Uh, I, I don't get, putting all your mess in the closet 
I'm just going to pile it all in the closet. I'm going to pile it all up. Sooner or later, you're going to have to open up the closet and deal with the same mess. Why not make up your mind? I want to be obedient. If I have to take it day by day, I want to make my way back to the Father. I want to make my way back to his glory. I want to make my way back to your presence. Hey! Somebody say, I'm free. All right, I got to finish this. The Jewish people said, what are you talking about, Jesus? We are sons of Abraham. Who do you think you are, Jesus? And I wish I had time because Jesus said, not here in this text, Jesus said, wait a minute. You're so smart. <laughs> We're so smart. You're so smart. Before Abraham was. Jesus purposely blew their minds because they were still living. I want to get out of the box. I want the revelation. I want to hear from God other than on Sunday. I want to see God work other than just on a Sabbath. They were looking at Abraham, Mother Terrell. They were looking to Abraham to be their savior when they should have been looking to Jesus. Here he was, standing right in front of them. Here he was, wasn't trying to hide. Here he was, we're gonna find out in a few weeks, here he was in front of everybody saying, I am. Who can make the statement, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am before Abraham. Who are you looking to today as your savior? These self-righteous men, they looked at themselves. They thought they could save themselves. And we have so many people, and all of us know people in the world think they know everything. Amen. Oh, I don't want to get in trouble. We're going to go to Mars one day to find out who's living on Mars. Dude, you better be careful where you go. You don't know what you might find. Who are you looking to for your Savior? Well, Pastor, I have job security. I have a 401k. Listen, the, the kind of stock market we have now, I can tell you, 401k can be up here today and down here by noon. Make sure your security is in God and not in. <laughs> Pastor's wrapping up. Look at verse 35. Verses 35 and 36 deals with the promise of freedom. And Jesus says here, look at verse 35. I love it. Look what Jesus says. Now a slave does not remain in a household permanently forever. The son of the house does remain forever. Raise your hands. Everyone watching this broadcast, declare it in your home. Declare it over your family. Declare it over your friends. Listen to me carefully. Declare it in your neighborhood when you watch this, when you get home today. Declare, I am not a slave to sin. Jesus was telling the people, it's not enough just to say I'm a descendant of Abraham, so I, I got it made. I got it made in the shade. You don't have it made without Jesus. Say amen, someone. They must know that they need to be delivered. Jesus said, come on, look at your Bible. He says, the son, look at verse 35, the son remains. The son abides forever. He was the truth that was promised right in front of them. But they were so blind as just to be, they, they didn't realize this is the light of the world. This is the Messiah right in front of us. And they were too blinded by their self-righteousness. Wow. Jesus has the power and the authority to set you free today. 
He is the only person on the planet who ever lived that never sinned. And can you imagine? He was 33 years old and had never sinned. Somebody say, wow. No, say, wow again. Look at verse 36. So Jesus goes a little further. Look at what he says. So, if the Son, look at your Bible, liberates you. So if the Son makes you free men, then you are really and unquestionably free. Christ, the Son of the living God, it is he who sets people free. And not only does he set you free, but he sets you free from the practices of sin. That means you don't have to leave here the same way you came in. That means you don't have to have the same attitude you have when you walked in the doors. I've been set free. I don't care when I go home. I'm going to go home in a peaceful spirit, not a negative spirit. When I go to work, I'm not going to go to work in a negative spirit because I've been set free. Those who Jesus has set free, the Bible says that we are free indeed. Stop viewing yourself as a slave. I'm a slave to my debts. Somebody say, I'm free. I'm a slave to sickness. Somebody say, I'm free. I'm a slave to all these things going on in my mind. Somebody say, I am free. Don't allow the enemy to do this to you. Over and over and over, the same old tricks. I am free. I don't want to be a slave to Satan. I don't want to be a slave to his demons. I'm not going to listen to him every day running his mouth. I am free. And one way to enjoy his freedom is to tune him out and tune in to heaven. When you tune into heaven, man, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. There's nothing like experience a heavenly moment. And God wants you to have heavenly moments before you get to heaven. Hey, anybody planning on going there one day? Hey, but God said you can have some heavenly moments right now. If you're struggling with evil habits, struggling against evil desires, struggling against evil passions, evil thoughts, ask the Holy Spirit to help set you free. It is possible to be free from your past. Brother Robbie, raise your hands. It is possible to take off the handcuffs. Nobody's holding you bondage anymore. The devil doesn't have the power, Minister McGee, or the authority to keep you in bondage when Christ, if Christ, if the Son of the living God, come on, church, has set you free, you can be free from drugs, free from alcohol, free from gambling, free. And what I love about the Bible, it doesn't just say free, it says free indeed. Stop allowing the enemy to hold things over your head. Stop allowing people to bring up negative things in your past. Those are demons using them. Mm. Didn't want to go here, but I guess I will. Any of y'all want to hear this? I say, any of you want to hear this? How many of you believe in angels? Raise your hand. How many of you really believe angels are real? Angels are real. Just because you can't physically touch them all the time, they are real. But just like angels are real, demons are real also. And there's demonic spirits. That's what tells you, ah. That's who tries to keep you in the box. God doesn't love you. That's why you got to stay here. Nobody likes you. That's why you got to stay here. The Bible says when the Son has set you free, you are free. Hey, free. There has to be a new birth. And that new birth takes place on the inside. You must be born again. This is the conversation 
that Jesus had with Nicodemus in chapter 3. He told Nicodemus, you gotta be. That there's no way around it. If you want to get to the Father, Nicodemus, you must be. You have to be born again. And I love saying this, where are the believers at? We don't say this anymore. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed from the grips of the enemy. I've been set. All of this is possible because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. All this is possible when you choose Christ as your Savior. Whoever chooses Jesus as Savior, you are free. But pastor, you don't know, there's evidence. Listen, I told you earlier, the evidence in the physical is not the same evidence in the supernatural. But in the supernatural, I told you this weeks ago, I have angels all around me. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the angels are protecting me. Know who you are in Christ. If you still have breath in your lungs, you still have purpose. And it's not God's purpose for you to live in bondage or live in fear. When we walk in the power of the Lord, we can stand up just like Jesus did. Sometimes you have to stand up alone because I found this very troubling in studying this lesson. This all started, remember, when you go back and start where this lesson started at, it started with the woman who was caught in adultery. And one thing I found out by studying this lesson, Jesus had 12 disciples, but the Bible doesn't talk about any of the disciples even tried to help him out. There come times in life where you may have to stand on your own, but you still have someone with you because the truth is you're not by yourself. Listen, it's time to step out of the box. It's time for the body of Christ to take our rightful place. God has set us free. We don't have to remain living in our past. Somebody say, I want to go back to how it used to be. I don't. I don't want to go back to how it used to be. I want to go further and higher. I want to go from glory to glory to glory. That means God has to change the way we think. And every day you open your Bible, God is revealing himself more and more. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Father, we declare, as we prepare to close this sermon, what the enemy has meant for evil. You have the power and the authority to turn it, to change it, to shift it for our good. We stand on it. We declare it in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that we are free indeed. Stand to your feet. Clap your hands all over the building. I know you received the word. <laughs>